Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 4, Episode 5, Bang the Drum Stanley. This episode originally aired on November 12th of 1988. Someone else has transpired in history on November the 12th. Well, in 1910, possibly the first stunt in movie history as a man jumps into the Hudson River from a burning balloon. In 1918, Emperor Karl of Austria-Hungary abdicates the throne and Austria becomes a republic. In 1920, uh, here we have another great name, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis is elected the first commissioner of baseball. In 1927, Leon Trotsky is expelled from the Soviet Communist Party paving the way for Stalin's rise to power. In 1933, after it was no longer illegal to do so, the first American football game is played on a Sunday for the first time ever. In 1947, I had to put this here just for this very fun name, Schilderdijen uh, Verwalzer Han of Mergeren is sentenced to a year in jail. I have no idea who that is, but just a fun name there. Okay. In 1968, the United States Supreme Court rules in Epperson versus Arkansas that banning the teaching of evolution in public schools is unconstitutional. And our most recent event on November 12th of 2018, an Israeli secret option in Gaza kills eight, including one Israeli and a Hamas commander igniting tensions with a retaliatory rocket attack from Gaza. That is our history lesson for today. So why don't you tell us what transpired in this baseball-themed edition of the Golden Girls. Boy. Yes, and this one in the living room is scene one. Sophia, she's looking at an old photo album. Dorothy enters from the kitchen. Yeah, Rose and Blanche enter from the front door and discuss their tryouts for the play Cats. Yes, Rose and Blanche head off to their bedrooms as the front doorbell rings. It is none other than Stanley. He talks about going to baseball games and he has three tickets for today's game. So he talks Sophia and Dorothy into going to the game with him. Woohoo! Scene two, we're at the baseball game they're talking in the stands, and Stanley confesses that he is bankrupt. Oh boy, and at the same time, or in, a, in the next second or two, the batter hits a long ball, and Sophia gets hit in the head with a baseball. Some great acting there. Scene three, we're at Biscayne General Hospital. Sophia's in bed with Dorothy and Stan in the room. Blanche and Rose enter while wearing their cat's costumes. Very good laugh. Rose talks about a game she used to play in St. Olaf called Go Hackenoggin, like baseball, except instead of hitting a ball, you whack yourself on the head. If after 10 whacks you are still standing, you get to go to first base. Yes, it is usually a low-scoring game. Well, okay. Rose and Blanche 
are leaving to go to the coffee shop and a married doctor comes in and asks if those two are here for a cat scan. <laughs> Sophia thinks she is fine, but the doctor wants her to stay a bit longer. Blanche and Rose return and Sophia wants the medic. Yeah, scene four, we're in the living room with Dorothy on the couch reading a magazine. We hear the other girls shouting in the distance. Rose and Blanche come into the room from the kitchen with Sophia chasing them, welding a broom. Hmm. Sophia says these two... She's welding a broom? Yes. I think that would be wielding, not wielding. welding. Wielding a broom, yes. <laughs> not <Okay>. welding. <laughs> yeah, that might be. I'm missing an eye in there. That would okay. be the case, yes. She's wielding a broom, yes. Or she's welding a broom. Yeah, she's got her she's got her big mask on, got her blowtorch out. Thank you. Yeah. It's Sophia. Mm-hmm. She could be welding one. Sure. Sophia says these two are driving her crazy. They drink milk off the floor, scratch the furniture, and one of them just coughed up a fur ball. Yeah, these girls are just trying to get into their parts in cats. Doorbell rings. And it's staying again. Dorothy. Rose and Blanche go to the kitchen to rehearse some more while Stan has come up with a scam to make some quick money. A lawsuit from the ball hitting her head. She doesn't want to do it until Stanley says they could make a couple hundred thousand dollars. Woohoo! So scene five, we're in the living room again. Sophia's laying on the couch. She's a, she says a doctor friend of his is coming over to examine Sophia. They all talk. Until Dr. Jerry shows up and starts examining Sophia. It was a very quick examination. And he says, Sophia is paralyzed. Uh, Dorothy kicks him out. They continue some more talking. In scene six, living room. Sophia, she's welding a broom. No, she is watching a baseball game right in front of the TV. We hear a car door slam outside. And Sophia rushes to get into a wheelchair and puts a brace on her neck. Dorothy enters and tells Sophia that she has her knee brace on her neck. We know she's faking it. Scene seven, we're back in the kitchen. Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche at the table. Dorothy knows Sophia is faking it, of course. Blanche tells us another story of a high school romance she had. And Dorothy knows Sophia is faking it and she is going out to prove it. So scene eight, we're in the living room. Dorothy fakes a heart attack. Yeah, but Sophia does not fall for it. Doorbell rings, and it's Stanley. They have a big, big problem. Because as with most insurance companies, this one won't accept Dr. Jerry's medical report. And this one's because of his prison record. Yeah, the insurance company wants to have one of their physicians examine Sophia. And I believe this would be a normal thing anyway. Sophia says not to worry. There's no physical that Sophia Petrillo can't fail. Well, quick question. Yes. You think Stan knows how insurance works? Apparently not. Because he you does, really think that's knowledge he would have? You know, he gets the one quack doctored. Uh-huh. You're going for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You're going to have... A, the insurance company is definitely going to have their own <laughs> person yeah. examined. Stan would have known that? Um, I mean, this is Stan here. No, he may not have known it, but he should have. Okay, scene nine, we're at the doctor's office. We see lots of injured people. Sophia 
Stan and Dorothy are there. Some of the injured people talk to Sophia, of course. And when a little boy, oh, about 10 years old, says that Sophia can see the doctor before he does, well, she decides the act is over and tells them all that she was faking it. Sophia gives a little speech on how courageous all these other patients are. Well, turns out they were all actors too from the community playhouse and they are all in the play Cats. Yes, they were faking it too. And Sophia is not a happy camper at this point. And Stanley claims, she's faking it, she's faking it. He, like he did not know. Scene 10, of course, we're back in the living room. Sophia and Dorothy sitting on the couch, still discussing the trick that Dorothy pulled. Rose walks through the room in her cat's costume and says she will walk to the theater. We hear a dog bark and Rose pounding at the door, wanting to be let inside. Dorothy opens the door and Rose runs through the living room and is followed by a big dog through the living room and it's Dreyfus, of course, as this episode comes to an end. Oh, of course, we have a few references, of course, firstly to uh, the musical Cats. Now, of course, uh, Cats is a sung-through musical, meaning there is no spoken dialogue. Everything is sung. Uh, composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, based on the uh, book Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. Uh, it tells the story of a tribe of cats called the Jellicles, and the night they make what is known as the Jellicle Choice to decide which cat will ascend to the heaviside layer and come back to a new life. Uh, it opened on uh, in the West End in 81 and then in, on Broadway in 82, uh, winning numerous awards, including Best Musical at both the Laurence Olivier Awards and its American equivalent, the Tonys. Uh, and by 1994, the musical had grossed over $2 billion worldwide. Uh, the London production ran for 21 years, and the Broadway ran for 18, both setting new records. Uh, Cats was the longest-running Broadway show in history from 1997 until 2006, when it was surpassed by Phantom of the Opera. As of 2018, it is the fourth-longest-running Broadway show and the sixth longest running West End show uh, on Broadway there. Uh, ahead of it is, of course, uh, The Lion King, uh, the 1996 revival of Chicago, and The Phantom of the Opera, all of which are still going strong today. Phantom recently passing its 13,000th performance. Uh, and then on the West End, uh, being, you know, ahead of it uh, would be Blood Brothers, uh, The Woman in Black, Phantom, uh, Les Mis, which uh, is going to close uh, July 13th of this year on the West End uh, with its 13,785th uh, production of Les Mis. And then, of course, number one on the West End is The Mouse Trap, which has been running continuously. Since November of 1952, uh, approaching its 28,000th performance. Okay. Uh, yes. So, um, that's Cats, briefly. You know, it's been translated into 15 languages. Performed around the world many times, uh, particularly in Germany and Japan. Uh, the Japanese production is quite popular uh, in Japan and has performed over 10,000 shows since it first opened in 1983. 
Uh, it was later adapted into a direct-to-DVD film in 1998, and later this year is slated to receive a film adaptation uh, as well. Um, Ebbets Field uh, was a Major League Baseball stadium in Brooklyn, uh, known mainly as the home of the Brooklyn Dodgers from 1913 to 57. It was also home to three different NFL teams in the 1920s. Uh, it was later demolished in 1960, replaced by apartment complexes. Um, artificial turf uh, is a surface of synthetic fibers made to look like natural grass. It's often used in arenas for sports that were originally or are normally played on grass. However, it has since been expanded into being used on residential lawns and commercial applications as well. Uh, the main use of main reason for that, of course, being uh, maintenance is not really required too heavily. Uh, you know, there's no trimming to do or irrigation required, anything like that. Uh, Club Med uh, is a private company headquartered in France that specializes in all-inclusive holiday packages. Um, so I don't know how this came up, but um, I guess it did. It was founded in April of 1950. Uh, most recent figures for the, the Club Med organization in 2014, uh, it made about one5 4 billion euros, I believe is what that symbol is. Um, Dixie Cups uh, is the brand name for a line of disposable paper cups that were first developed in the United States in 1907. Uh, the Ritz Brothers, I thought were associated with the cracker, but I am apparently mistaken Unless, this, unless they referenced a different Ritz Brothers. So the Ritz Brothers were an American comedy trio who performed extensively on stage in nightclubs and in films from 1925 into the late 60s. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I thought they had something to do with Ritz crackers, but apparently not. Uh, Mr. Belvedere uh, is an American sitcom that aired for five, six seasons. Six seasons. Um... It's based on the Lynn Aloysius Belvedere character created by Gwen Davenport for her 1947 novel Belvedere, which was later adapted in the 1948 film Sitting Pretty. Uh, the sitcom stars Christopher Hewitt in the title role, who takes a job as a butler. So that's apparently, uh, a, was apparently a successful show. Yes. Um... The dunce cap uh, is a pointed hat formerly used as an article of discipline in schools in Europe and the United States. Um, My Fair Lady, the play, uh, is a musical based on George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion uh, with book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner and music by Frederick Loa. Uh, the story concerns Eliza Doolittle, a cockney flower girl who takes speech lessons from Professor Henry Higgins so that she may pass as a lady. Lassie uh, is a fictional character created by Eric Knight, is a female rough collie dog uh, initially featured in a short story that was later expanded into a full-length novel called Lassie Come Home. 
Uh, Knight's portrayal of Lassie bears some features in common with another fictional female collie of the same name, featured in British writer Elizabeth Gaskell's 1859 short story, The Half Brothers. And in that story, Lassie is loved only by her young master and guides the adults back to where two boys are lost in a snowstorm. Uh, Knight's novel was published in 1940. It was later filmed in 1943 as Lassie Come Home by MGM uh, with a dog named Pal playing Lassie. Pal then appeared with the stage name Lassie in six other MGM films through 1951. Uh, then in 1954, the long-running, Emmy-winning Emmy -winning TV series Lassie debuted. Uh, and over the next 19 years, a succession of Pal's children appeared on the series. Emmy-winning? For a show about a dog? Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess that would have been, what, 50s Emmys? So, I guess that makes sense. Um... The U.S. News and World Report uh, is an American media company that publishes news, opinion, consumer advice, rankings, and analysis. It was founded as a news weekly magazine in 1933, but transitioned to primarily web-based publishing in 2010. It is best known today for its influential best college and best hospital rankings but has expanded its content and product offerings in education, health, money, careers, travel, and cars. Uh, the rankings are popular in North America, but have drawn widespread criticism from colleges, administrations, and student students for their dubious, disparate, and arbitrary nature. This is the case for any ranking ever made. Um, <laughs> I, I assume this is something Stan brought up. I don't know who else would mention this. Um, a restaurant called Burger City. Uh, as far as I could tell, this was made up. I cannot find any evidence yes. this ever existed. Oh, sure. Uh, and then The Exorcist, I assume they meant the film and not the book. But um, So the film is 1973 uh, supernatural horror film uh, based uh, adapted by William Peter Blatty from his 1971 novel of the same name. Uh, it follows the demonic possession of a 12-year-old girl and her mother's attempts to win her back through an exorcism conducted by two priests. At least that's the surface-level plot. The real plot's a little different, but, you know. Nonetheless, um, we have side characters to discuss. Uh, Dr. Cauley is played by William Dennis, known for uh, Star Trek Next Generation. He plays, I'm going to butcher this one, he plays Key Aloysius Mendrosen. Uh, you know who that is? No. Okay, I don't either. I, uh, well, from the credit, he either appeared in only one season or one episode. Uh, probably one episode. I'm sure, one episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, things to do in Denver when you're dead. Uh, Gabriel's Fire. And this is his fourth, yeah, one episode of, of Next Gen. Uh, and this is his fourth most notable credit. Uh, so he also appeared in Newhart uh, for two episodes, one of his most successful roles. Actually, the only one he's in more than one episode, other than uh, just the ten of us. Um, Newhart, he plays Henry in two episodes. Um, Jerry, which is Stan's doctor pal, 
uh, is played by Ben Ronsley, known for uh, Nothing in Common, An Innocent Man, Hunter, and The A-Team. Uh, the, so when Sophia goes to the doctor or whatever, uh, so the lady who says that she won't walk again, uh, is played by Helen Duffy, known for Breakdown, Night Court, Hannah Montana, in which she apparently portrays Queen Elizabeth II, according to the credit here, uh, and then Knight Rider. Uh, Timmy from the hospital there, is played by Matthew Brooks, known for Beethoven, Night Court, Shaky Ground, and The Family Man. It says he has an award nomination. Is it an actual one? Uh, a, oh, okay. Um, so it kind of is. So he was a one-time nominee for a Daytime Emmy, which is the, you know, the lower-tier Emmys, but Daytime Emmy, a one-time nominee an outstanding costume design for the Wubulous World of Dr. Seuss. Huh. Okay. In 1999, he was nominated for a Daytime Emmy for that. So apparently he uh, transitioned into costuming, wow. uh, which does not have its own IMDb section, so I can't tell you what other costuming work he's done. Um, so the dog, Dreyfus, that chases Rose, is played by Bear the Dog, uh, who will appear a few more times. Uh throughout the show, uh, is also appears in uh, Empty Nest, Nurses, Wishbone, and the Wienerville New Year's Special. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, so now there were two credits that um, I did not write down as, you know, being credits, uh, but apparently they, they were credited on the IMDb page with appearances and roles uh, for this episode. So the role of Boy Scout was played by Lon Haber. Known, um, we'll have to come back to this. Uh, I pre-read some of this when I saw what he was known for. Um, so, uh, as far as acting career goes, uh, this guy was in, after this role, uh, he didn't do anything until 2003, uh, as far as acting goes. And he was on um, Entourage, Passions... Uh, the Sarah Silverman program, uh, do do and most recently on a show called Fireside Chat with Esther, where he plays uh, the title role of Esther. Now, what he is most known for um, is, as a publicist, he has done the publicity for, I'll just start here, so last year and so far this year, uh, this guy has been part of the publicity team for The Kindergarten Teacher, Guardians of the Tomb, Wildlife, Isle of Dogs, Aita's Dream, Pope Francis, A Man of His Word, uh, Black Klansman, In My Room, Occupation, Ocean's Eight, The Ninth Passenger, Viking Destiny, who is America, First Man, The Hate You Give, Sharkwater Extinction, Hotel Mumbai, Beautiful Boy, King of Beasts, The Chaperone, Look Away, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, and Second Act. That was all last year he was part of the publicity team for. Gee. So far this year, he has been part of the publicity team for Troop Zero, 
Isn't It Romantic, Captain Marvel, Triple Threat, Crypto, Georgetown, Once Upon a River, uh, the TV show Dark, uh, the X-Men film Dark Phoenix, uh, Project Ithaca, Rainy Day in New York, Arctic Justice, The Long Home, uh, Zombieland Double Tap, the new Charlie's Angels, and Fatima, as well as many other things still coming out uh, that, you know, like apparently he's going to run the publicity for uh, the 2021 Pinocchio film, apparently, among other things. So he's uh, he's apparently a big publicity guy now. Oh, okay. uh, and then the role of TV announcer is played by Todd Morris. This is his only acting credit. But what is he known for, then you might ask? Well, he's an editor. He has edited uh, such shows uh, as My Wife and Kids, Ladies Man, Good Morning Miami, uh, 171 episodes of the original run of Will and Grace. He was the assistant editor on. Uh, but probably most notably... He has been the assistant editor for, I think this is every episode of the series, I don't know for sure, uh, 224 episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Well, they're up to 270, I think. Okay, so. so just for most of them, he has been the assistant editor on 224 episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, so that's what he's most known for, probably, because <clears throat> uh, I know that's a very sought-after, you know, a thing from, you know, people really looking to who's editing things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Um, three <laughs> new sex partners established. Ed Tyler, Jean-Pierre Fontainebleau, and Bobby Joe Nugent. All three for Blanche. So our tally stands. Blanche, 60. Dorothy, 6. Rose, 5. And Sophia, 3. Huh. All righty. I don't have any real observations on this show, this episode, uh, but I am going to bring up something here I want people to remember about for a couple of day episodes, for the next few episodes anyway, to remember this. Okay, I won't. You won't, no. But I've been watching for the last, like two and a half seasons, I've been watching really, 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 really close, and every time they show the front door... The front door is a solid wooden door that has no peephole through it to see who's on the other side when they ring the doorbell. So remember that. I've been watching very closely. And this one, they rang that doorbell quite a few times. So, um, But that will come into play in a couple episodes. Uh, my kitchen observation, they had the big leafy tablecloth on this one. Uh, my episode counts on this. There was a one St. Olaf story with the Go Wackanagan game, which makes very little sense, of course. It is St. Olaf. Sports, there was one, of course, baseball, Sophia, Dorothy, and Stanley. That's probably where your announcer, TV announcer comes in when Sophia was watching the baseball game on the TV. That That's probably it, yeah. Uh, you don't actually see the person. All right, now I know, but I just go anytime I hear anyone yeah. say anything. So that was that. And there was, of course, a Stanley appearance in this episode. 
My total counts now, six weddings, planned weddings, physical abuses of Rose is at nine, 25 St. Olaf stories, 18 picture it stories, they've eaten 12 cheesecakes, seven Sicily Italian stories, and the references to Sicily Italian, Italy and stuff, 33 of those. Girls mad at each other moving out 16 times, 21 sports, 25 games, and 10. Stanley Zabornak appearances now. The rating this is a pretty good episode that showcases more of a good Sophia. And I gave it an 83 out of 100. Well, I'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.